Let's look at key point number two this morning. Our faith is dead when we refuse to help those in need. Look at verse 15 through 17 here in chapter 2. If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. James mentions a brother or sister here who is without clothes, lacks daily food. In their poverty, they don't really have a covering. And it's cold as they're standing at the door. They literally don't have food for the day. They're starving because they're unable to sustain themselves. Now, this isn't some mild need where you hear your friend say, man, I haven't eaten since breakfast, I'm really dying. No, this isn't that type of need. This type of need is someone that hasn't eaten in weeks. It's a dire need. And you simply say, go in peace, stay warm, and eat well? Man, what kind of person does that make you? This morning I have two pieces of bread. I have two, two loaves of bread, actually, this morning. And, and I want to try to clear something up with this illustration. Is we can sit here and we can say, man, I can really help someone out if I have two pieces, two loaves of bread, right? I can look at someone, someone can come knock on my door and go, man, I really need some help. I really am hungry. I haven't eaten in weeks and I need something to eat. I can be like, sure, yeah, I got two pieces of bread. Let me give you one. Let me give you one. It's easy, right? It's easy. There you go. Eat that Super Bowl. You know, you have a meal for tonight. You know, I can easily do that. I can give that loaf of bread away. Why? Because I have another loaf of bread for myself. Now, here's the real question about your faith. I only got one loaf of bread left. Now someone comes and knocks on my door. Says, hey, I haven't eaten in weeks. Can you help me out? This is what James is talking about. It's this person that, that has something, just one left. And someone comes and knocks on the door and says, and I really need something to eat. I'm, I'm dying this, this of us hunger. It's been weeks since I've eaten. And you sit there and you go, no one, stay warm. You'll be fine. No, when your faith is real, is when you say, here you go. I, I can, you need it more than I do. That's when your faith becomes real. Is when you don't have but one left and you want to give that one away. That's when your faith becomes real. That's when it's not dead. Because you're sitting here going, man, I will give up something that I only have one left of to help somebody else. To help someone else. That's what it is. James asked of this kind of faith. What good is it if you just send someone away? It doesn't help the person that is actually in need. We have the resource, but we don't have it. We don't want to give it. We've got to put our faith in action. We've got to put it in action. We've got to put it to work. I would even go this far. People who claim to be Christians but fail to help poverty-stricken fellow believers 
are in fact not saved. I want to go that far. And you can dance all around what I just said all day long and go, no, I am saved. I am saved. I have faith. I have faith. You could say that all day long. But you're not going to be able to ignore the fact that when someone comes up to you and says, I need help, and you don't help them, you don't have faith. You don't have it. It's dead. Because look at this. Look at what, and I can back it up with scripture. 1 John 3, 17 says this. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in that man? How does it? This is where I felt like I was going to step on toes this week, and the Holy Spirit was going to step on your toes. Because I really just asked a question in your life of so you sitting there going, well, Charlie just said I don't have faith. I'm not saved, but I, but, I, I, but I help people. But do you really help people when you're down to nothing yourself? That's what it means. And I want to make clear statements here about, about that point of me saying that. First off, acts of mercy are not a means to salvation. Did you catch that? Acts of mercy are not a means to salvation. We are not saved by what we do. We are not. James is not teaching that we are saved by our actions. James makes it very clear that faith is something that God gives. We don't manufacture it. I can't sit here and build up my faith. I can't sit here and, and be saved by what I do. That's not what James is saying. We are saved by the grace of God. We are saved by the initiative of God. We don't help the poor in order to be saved. You don't sit there and do it. You don't go to the soup kitchen and serve people if, you, if you're hoping that gets you saved. It doesn't work that way. That leads to the second point. However, acts of mercy are necessary evidence of your salvation. Acts of mercy is a natural overflow of your salvation. That's what it is. It's not your actions and your, your helping other people don't get you saved. It's showing that you are saved. Look at Matthew again in chapter, 20, or in chapter 25. Verses 31. Look at verse 31 beginning there. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another. Just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus right here is he's speaking to those that have already been blessed by the father. God has blessed these people. He's given them the kingdom. This is the mercy of God. He's given them the kingdom. Let's see how this mercy of God transforms what they do. Picking back up in verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Did you hear the first person pronouns there? Me, 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 me. Now listen to the response. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Ministering to the poor and ministering to a, a brother or sister in Christ is the same way as ministering to Christ himself. It's the same thing. Think about it. When we look at people, if we, we truly believe what the gospel says, that we are created in the image of God, how can we look at someone that's in need, someone that's poor, and not see Christ in them? If we truly believe that we are created in the image of God, how can we not look at people and see Christ in them? Christ is in that fellow believer. Christ is in that person because he created them in his image. So in essence, when we refuse to help someone in need, guess who we're actually refusing help to? Christ. Christ is hungry, but you didn't feed him. Christ was cold, but you didn't clothe him. Christ was in need, and you refused to help him. It sounds really different. Now, now it's starting to strike a chord. Go, man, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of looking at creation and looking at Christ in someone when I needed to help them. That's ultimately what you're doing. You're sitting here, you're saying, go, be well fed, be warm, figure it out on your own. You're ultimately telling Christ that when you're looking at a fellow believer or someone else. Look at verse 41 through 46. Then he will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison and you didn't take care of me. Then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer them. Truly I tell you, whatever you do, did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. These people lack faith in Christ. Their lack of mercy clearly demonstrates this. They have not been transformed. Once again, acts of mercy are not means of salvation. They are necessary evidence. We must also remember that guilt should never, should and never will be a motivation for caring for people. Don't just do it out of because you feel guilty. Don't do it just because you feel guilty to all of a sudden start to care for the poor. We actually don't care for the poor because we must care because the gospel motivates us to care for the poor. The gospel motivates us to do it. Why do you think at the end of every single service that we say, we say, go live out the gospel? Why? Because we want the gospel to motivate you to change the world. But if you're not living out the gospel every single day, then guess what? Your faith is dead. It's dead. If you're not willing to sit here and leave this place and go live out the gospel and care for people and minister to people, then your faith is dead. We provide for the poor because we are compelled by the mercy of God that has transformed our hearts. His mercy now overflows 
our hearts. Listen to Charles Spurgeon here. The saints fed the hungry and clothed the naked because it gave them much pleasure to do so. They did it because they could not help by doing it. Their new nature impelled them to it. They did it because it was their delight to do good. They did good for Christ's sake because it was the sweetest thing in the world to do anything for Jesus. That's some faith right there. That you have Christ come into your heart and immediately you said, I need to live like this and I need to help people and I need to minister to people because it is what my heart wants me to do. And if the fruit isn't evident in our lives, then it is clear that we do not have a faith that saves. Once again, people who claim to be Christians but fail to help poverty-stricken fellow believers are in fact not saved. They don't have faith. You can't sit here and claim to have Christ in your heart and not help people.